What a wonderful day it is to be a believer. Some of you, what a wonderful day it is to be a believer. What is today that we celebrate? Pentecost. What does that mean? Holy Spirit. It means Holy Spirit. Really. What is, what is Pentecost? What is the day of Pentecost? Huh? When the, what is the Holy Spirit? What came first, Passover or Pentecost? <laughs> they both start with a P. That's not fair. Passover. We couldn't have Pentecost without Passover. Passover was the blood that was shed for our sins. Our place being taken on the cross. Giving us a new body. Because of Passover, we can have Pentecost. That body that we received. Can you believe, I don't know if you ever thought about this. But do you know, the new body that Jesus was, was given was the same body that was torn. Think about this. The new body he was given was not actually a brand new body, but it was the body that was torn that was made new. What? Is this, is this, is this, am I saying this right? Some of you look really confused. I don't, I don't think that's right. Jesus shows up to the disciples. He's got holes in his hands. He's got a hole in his side. The body that Isaiah said did not, you could not tell if it was a man. That's how bad his body was torn. You could not tell it was a man. This body that, that you could not tell it was a man, imagine how disfigured this body was. It's scary. And this body that was dismayed, that was beaten for you and me, that was beaten for our transgression, that was beaten for our sins, that was pierced to a cross, that endured more than we can explain and have time to talk about, this body that endured this was made new because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, if Jesus' body, which was dismayed, tortured, ripped apart, made into like bread we tear when we take communion, his body was torn for you and for me. This body was made new because of the power of the Holy Spirit that came upon his body. If Jesus, if Father, Father God can do such a thing with the body of Jesus, my friend, when you and I come to the Lord, confess him as our Lord and Savior, and the Holy Spirit comes upon you to make you, the Bible says, a new creation where the old is gone and the new has come, you better believe that is a possible reality because Jesus' body, which could not be told apart if it was a man's body, became a new body when the Holy Spirit came upon him. This body got a lot of upgrades too. Walls didn't stop him from coming into rooms. Time and distance didn't stop him from appearing to people. It was his body which was made a new body because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible teaches us in Corinthians that our bodies are made new. That the old is gone, the new has come. Why? Because the Holy Spirit comes upon to give us new birth. We are born again. In being born again, this is what happened in Passover. Jesus died took our place, the blood washes us and pierces us and makes us clean, and now this new temple is, can only be a temple if the Holy Spirit fills the temple. The temple was beautiful and gorgeous and amazing, and everyone said ah and ooh and ee, and gold was everywhere and silver was everywhere, but it only became the temple when the presence of God filled that temple. So my body is his temple when his Holy Spirit fills my body. Are you with me? Yeah. Acts chapter 1 we're going to pray. Is that okay? We're going to pray right away. 
Acts chapter 1. In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. We believe here that Jesus came to earth. If you're here for the first time, I saw some people here for the first time, if you're watching online. We believe with all our heart, the Bible says that Jesus became a man. A virgin, a virgin birth, conceived by the Holy Spirit, he became a man, he came here. Uh, Hebrews teach, Hebrews? I think Hebrews. Ephesians. Ephesians says that because we talk about him ascending to heaven means we have to believe that he also descended. Because ascension is not possible without him first descending. He came, therefore he was taken. We believe, as a Christian church, we believe as followers of Jesus that he came. He came here, therefore he ascended. He came in the form of a man. He came and was born here in Bethlehem. He came. And because he came and became a man to take our place, he also ascended. So now look what it says. He ascended. Are you with me? Are we good? You guys are awake? Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. This is ascended. He was taken. After giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, we believe this. Jesus died on the cross and suffered for our transgression, took our place, removed our sin. He appeared to the apostles from, the time, from time to time and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. Come on, you know, sometimes we blame, we blame these guys too quick. But you got to believe, you got to understand that when Jesus' body was torn so badly that you couldn't tell whether he was a man or not, it's kind of not so easy to believe that Jesus now is back to life. No, come on. Yeah, when you see what happened to him and then people are telling you, especially a, a woman is coming to tell you, Jesus is alive. You're like, girl, you sure it was Jesus? Or did you, did you, see, you, see, you, you probably saw Jared, not Jesus. J Joseph was running around the, the tomb. No, Jesus. Jesus came to me, and, he, and Peter, Peter's like, hey, I'm a believer woman. And he began to run. Began to run. Because he wanted to see if this was so true. And look what happens next. Once when he was eating with them. Wow. He commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now we skip to Acts chapter 2. Worship team, you want to get on stage already? On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together. In one place, suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire, maybe if, if, if you're hearing this for the first time, don't be afraid. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present, hello, everyone present, if you're waiting to be baptized, everyone present everyone present was filled with the holy spirit and began speaking in other languages as the holy spirit gave them this ability skip down to verse 7 they were completely amazed how can this be they exclaimed these people are from galilee yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages check this out here we are parthens met Medes. Yeah, Elamites, 
people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, around Serene, visitors from Rome, Jews and, Jews and converts to Jews, Judaism, Cretans, Arabs, and we all hear these people speaking in our own language about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. And others ridiculed them saying they're just drunk, that's all. And Peter steps forward with the 11. I just see this, this military, military kind of. They step forward. There is authority upon them. There is boldness upon them. It's not the same Peter because the Holy Spirit came upon. He steps forward. Something happens to us when the Holy Spirit comes on us. He steps forward with the 11 other apostles and begin a shout to the crowd. That's why I'm shouting. I'm shouting to you. Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. Hello, they were waiting early. Now, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young man will see visions and your old man will see dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. A message I don't know if we'll get to, we're gonna pray first. Maybe we're going to keep on praying. We're going to see what the Holy Spirit does. So if we don't get to the message, I'm totally cool with this. But today, it's not just the day we remember. It's the day we can experience what was promised to us from the beginning. You know, the Holy Spirit desires to fill you more than you desire to fill you. Out praying in tongues, praying in other languages, prophesying, work, functioning in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. This is all wonderful. But I desire, when it all comes down to it, is that the Holy Spirit would fill me. That He would fill me. They waited for His infilling. Not goosebumps, not just the fire, not just the gifts and talents. They waited for His infilling. When the infilling happened, there was authority that came upon them. We call this the power of baptism, the baptism of power. We receive the Holy Spirit when we are born again. But there's a baptism of power. This is the day of Pentecost. A baptism of power. They begin to walk in authority. They begin to walk in the gifts of the Lord. They begin to have boldness to preach the word of God. It was the ability from above. The Holy Spirit that God promised that would be in them. Jesus said, it's better. It's better that I leave. I walked with you, but now I'm going to walk in you. It's better that I go. And when I go, you will be filled. You'll be filled with a deposit. This deposit testifies that the inheritance I promise you will receive. This is why we need the Holy Spirit. This is why in our churches we believe here. We pray in tongues. If the church started by praying in tongues, it will continue in Jesus' name, praying in tongues. Are other gifts less important? By no means. But if we have this gift, we will continue to move in this gift, desiring the bigger gifts that God has promised us. 
Are you with me? Some churches have taken the position of I don't want to, we don't want to make people feel uncomfortable. We're not going to pray in this, this language. We're not going to pray in tongues. It's just for us personally. We can do it in our rooms. Our church does not agree with this. For the sake of someone's comfort, we don't want to pray in tongues. Show me in the Bible. And I've been meditating. Look, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not calling anybody out on purpose. I've been meditating. Where in the Bible does God want me to be comfortable? The Bible says the Holy Spirit comforts. It doesn't make you comfortable. It's a difference. He comforts us. It doesn't make us comfortable. If it's about being comfortable, why shall the Holy Spirit then lead us? My couch is good for me. No, 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 no. The Holy Spirit says in Romans 8, 14, those that are the sons of God shall be led by the Holy Spirit. Those that are the sons of God are to be led by the Holy Spirit. What is the leading for if I am to be comfortable? Worship leaders, today was powerful. A powerful set. You know why? I whispered to Pastor Slyke as soon as it came in. Every song was centered around the name of the Lord and who He is. Every song we sang today, I don't know about you, but inside of me, I just felt an eruption after an eruption after an eruption. I felt like, wow, we, we got there. And then the next song comes on, we, can, we continue to sing about His name. And I feel like I'm going to a new level. We get to the next song, we sing about His name, I'm going to a new level. There was power when we confess the name of Jesus, who He is, and what He's done. And this is what edifies the believer. This is what takes us into a new level of worship. We could have easily not stopped worship and kept worshiping because when he is the focus and the focal point of our worship, something begins to happen inside of us. The only person I know that is interested in your comfort is the devil. I'm going to tell you straight up. The devil wants you to be comfortable. When I think about us as a church forming to the comfort of the people that come in, you know what I see? In years past, I see this. It's a scary image. I see every other Sunday we're having safe services. We bring couches into the sanctuary. We offer popcorn and chips, Coca-Cola, Dr. Pepper. You don't like pop? We have apple juice. You don't like apple juice? We have water. And we're going to play a movie. We're going to watch this movie together and there's a great message in this movie that doesn't offend us it doesn't make us uncomfortable it's a great safe message and we want you to hear this message and we hope God is going to touch you now this might be a radical example but my friends if we are moved by people's comfort to stop praying in tongues what's next pretty soon my mic will automatically do its EQ so that when I pick up my voice they will turn it down on the speaker so that I don't hurt anybody's ears There'll be a, a bubble, invisible cloud around me that when I spit, I won't spit on people sitting in the front row. Because we don't want anybody to be uncomfortable. The Holy Spirit, God said, will convict me. This is wonderful. Maybe some of you are scared of conviction because all you know is condemnation. 
conviction comes from the Holy Spirit. This is the safest, this is the safest atmosphere for me as a person, no matter how broken I am, no matter how much people have done wrong to me, when he convicts me, he does not leave me in the same place. His conviction is not a heavy weight on my back that leaves me there. His conviction leads me out. His conviction says, come, freedom is for you. I want to tell you the most uncomfortable services I've sat in because there's been sin in my life were breakthrough services for me. When I felt like, man, if I come out, people are going to look at me, judge me. I'm a leader. What are they going to think? Every time the Holy Spirit convicted me and I responded and I laid down before the Lord and I weeped and I cried, I said, God, I'm sorry. I walked out a new man. I left with a new desire for his presence. Why? Because his conviction, the Bible promises, is light, is light. The burden is light. It doesn't, it's not the weight of an oxen that comes upon you and says, what have you done? Why are you here? How are you going to get out? No, his, his burden, it's light. His yoke is easy. And when he convicts me, he leads me out from where I am. The last thing our generation needs is to be comfortable where they are. Their comfort is killing them. Notice everything that's coming out. Notice everything that's being advertised. Making our life more comfortable. I can be at home, have food brought to me, be chauffeured anywhere I want in the city, watch anything I want, have anything I want, invite a girl over. I can have everything I want in my home without leaving. In the press of a button, everything can come to me. This is comfort, and comfort leads me to a place that will kill me. by no means do we force uncomfort upon people when they come by no means but we will preach the word we will be filled and led by the Holy Spirit what he does we do what he says we say what his word says we declare listen I'm not preaching to you my sermon I'm not preaching to you my notes what the Holy Spirit says in his word we say to you man George is kind of, kind of he's been lately I had some fellowship today with some, some of my close friends. I'm like, you know, lately, I feel like I'm going in the right direction. They're like, why? I'm getting thumbs down on my sermons. Started to bug me why everyone's thumbing up my sermon. Why everyone's coming up to me, man, that was really good. That was really good. Every uncomfortable every irritable sermon, everything that caused me to come out of where I was changed my life. God loves you too much to leave you where you are. And the Holy Spirit is too powerful to leave you comfortable. He leaves you. You know what whisper I hear inside of me? More and more. As we were lifting up the name of Jesus, I hear one thing inside of me. says not George notes in the Bible it says to come to the fullness of the knowledge of the Son of God this is not comfortable he leads us to more he leads us to more 
right, my Holy Ghost believers and friends. Let's get up. We're going to pray.